0: It's not that you're drinking, it's the way you're drinking. Part of being an adult is learning to drink responsibly. In this episode, we are going to explore how to have a good time without ruining your health.
1: Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting. I am Harlan, and I'm here with Miranda. How are you doing, Miranda?
0: I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about this subject because I'm a relative novice.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a fun one to talk about. Drinking is something that goes on in life, and alcohol, there's really no major issue until you're out of control. So we're going to talk a little bit about finding the right way to drink so that you are certainly doing what you need to be doing without getting yourself in too much trouble. There's lots of different types of trouble you can get into when it comes to alcohol. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong intrinsically with alcohol. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And I would love to start with your story, Miranda.
0: My story. (laughs) Right. So I actually started drinking at age 35 because of the way I grew up. Uh, So I had no idea what I was doing, but because I was older and I had grown up with all of these stories about, you know, ruining your liver and blacking out and all of these, you know, horror stories about what happens when you drink too much and the craziness, even though I had no idea what I was doing, I was, I took things really slow. I ate food and drank water with my drinks when i was the, the first time i was even a little buzzed i was actually out with a friend of ours tom and after every drink i was like evaluating i'm like how do i feel how is this affecting me i think i need more chips perhaps some more water and he's just he's just looking at me and he's like he said i'm having a hard time right now because this is either really hilarious, or you're a total buzzkill. And I can't decide. (laughs) But I did actually get to one point where I did actually drink quite a lot. And you were there, Harlan. Um, (laughs) But I'd had a tough week, I'd had a tough day. It had not been my most favorite day ever. I was, you know, my divorce had just been finalized. And here I was in this situation where I could have unlimited drinks and I did I, I slammed I slammed several rum and coke I did a couple shots of whiskey and then I slammed some more rum, rum and coke and I think I was up to about 13 drinks before I found myself kind of standing in the middle of the room unsure of how I was going to take another step uh, like wasn't sure if I was physically able to take another step <laughs> And luckily, I had friends that helped me get back to my hotel room and held my hair while I threw up and helped me go to bed. But I did have moments where I did not remember things, where I was having blank spaces, and I didn't like that. And I wasn't fully aware what was happening, and I decided I wasn't going to get to that point again. So it only happened (laughs) once And I was 35 when it did, and it was kind of embarrassing, but at the same time, it was a good learning, well, I don't know if I'd say good learning, but it was a learning experience. And I think one of the problems that we run into is not so much that we're drinking, but that if I went out a lot of evenings and did this, it would just completely wreck my body, right? It would be a problem and it would wreck my body and probably also my mind, so I think part of the problem is not so much that you're having a few drinks. The problem is, is you know, how hard are you partying all the time, I guess?
1: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. The experience you had at 35 is one that most people will have if they have it during their teenage years, because that's when they're really experimenting. They're out by themselves without their parents' supervision. The drinking's going on wherever they happen to be, and they want to enjoy themselves and be a part of the festivities or whatever it is going on. They just don't know their limits, and they have this experience that goes way over the edge. And you hope that it is a learning experience and that now you, you've you had that experience, so now you know your limits and can move on. But But a lot of people don't. I mean, you know, alcohol is an addiction and it's a problem and it's more than just deciding to drink and drink and drink. I think the key is figuring out as adults where drinking is socially acceptable and where that line is. There's a blurry line between what's socially acceptable and what can get you into some trouble. Depending on the circumstances, that line can be in different places. I mean, you could be working at a company and everybody goes out for drinks afterwards, maybe there's a culture where people get drunk and so you feel that, that is, it is okay to do this because that is a situation that you're in and it's a situational awareness. And you, know, you don't realize that it could actually be hurting you in the long run, even though it feels like you're fitting in and doing what you need to do in order to socialize properly. I think a lot of what we're going to talk about today is finding that line and being able to know the fact that it's okay to have an occasional alcoholic drink, it's really not going to be an issue as long as you're self-aware and you know what your limits are and you're not doing anything that would harm your body or harm your career or harm any other aspect of your life.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's um, a very important point to make is you want to make sure that As you do so, you are part of being an adult is drinking responsibly. And they put that at the end of those commercials, but it is really important to be responsible about how you do things. And, you know, the National Institutes uh, on Health point out that young adults are more likely to drink heavily and they are more likely to binge drink. When that happens, there are a whole host of health problems that can result.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's very damaging to the organs in your body. It's not gonna be a problem if you have this one experience as a teenager and then don't create an issue going forward. If you have one bad experience, that's okay as long as you survive it. And, you know, to be honest, one of the reasons that we want to warn people not to go overboard in the first place, we don't want to say that it's okay to have this experience, because, you know, there, there, there are stories, You're you're in college for the first time, let's say, and you're experimenting with alcohol, you don't know what your limits are, You can die from alcohol poisoning, you can drink so much that you don't know what's going on and put yourself in a dangerous situation behind the the steering wheel of a car, or anything like that. These, These are all things that can absolutely happen. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I don't like not being in total control over what's going on in my life. But... It's important to realize that even if you have this first experience that is significant with alcohol, there is still a a significant danger to yourself and to other people that you put yourself in. Now, we hope that if you go through a situation like Miranda did at 35 or like most people I know did as teenagers, that you're around friends and you're in a safe place and they can take care of you and they can help you. That isn't always going to be the case, and a lot of these stories end very, very badly. We're not here to say don't drink, but you do need to make sure you're in a safe place and make sure that you're not putting yourself or anybody else in danger.
0: Yeah. And that's a great way to look at it as well. And, you know, I was fortunate that I was in a safe place where there were lots of people that I knew and trusted around and people that (laughs) were looking at going, well, they're, you know, Miranda, the novice is way out of (laughs) way out of her league here. And let's, uh, let's help her out. And I am very fortunate and grateful uh, that I have really good friends and that I was in a good space. Because, You think about if this happens around a bunch of strangers, or if there's no way for you to get back home, or back to your hotel, or wherever you're staying, that is a problem. And you don't want to end up being prey to other people. And the bottom line is, I don't think there's ever any excuse to take advantage of somebody who is completely intoxicated. But at the same time, there are people out there who will do it. And you just need to be safe.
1: Yeah, you can't put yourself in that position. Although you also can't be blamed if you are in that position and someone does take advantage of you. Obviously, no one should do that. No one should take advantage of anybody who is incapacitated in any way. And that is totally on them. But at the same time, you have to be smart about what you do and who you
0: do it around. Exactly. I think probably the biggest thing for me when it comes to drinking is loss of control. You know, when I was standing there swaying in the middle of a dance floor trying to figure out how it's going to take another step on my own without falling on my face, I realized kind of in the dim recesses of my mind that, you know, I was not fully in control. And that scares me. That is actually one of the biggest things that scares me is that loss of control. And so for me personally, Anytime I've done any drinking since then, I have been very careful to understand my limits and very careful to make sure that I am still mostly aware of what is going on. And if I start feeling like even a little tipsy, I'm like, well, and I'm done because that's just my personal preference because that loss of control is actually the thing that scares me more than anything else.
1: Yeah, I think I'm on the same page in terms of that fear with you. I, uh, you know, that's, that's the one thing that keeps me from going too far. You know, how do you find what your limits are and what's appropriate for whatever situation that you're in? What, how do you discover that?
0: I think that's the hard thing. As far as finding your personal limits go, kind of the way I approach things when I first started, even though um, you know, Tom thought it was super, super strange and super boring, the fact that I went slow. And the fact that I took a few sips and stopped to evaluate the situation, I think that helped. And kind of take the time to say, okay, how do I feel at this point in time? How how do I feel when I have a few sips of water to go with this? How do I feel when I order myself a cheese plate to eat with you know, to eat with this? You know, and pay attention to that. Kind of defeats the purpose of getting drunk as fast as humanly possible to have a good time. But When you're trying to figure out your limits and trying to understand where those limits are, I think it helps to take it slow.
1: For adulting, we're getting to the point where going out every night and getting plastered isn't really something that we expect to do as adults. There are certainly people who have the freedom in their life to go ahead and do what they want, get blackout drunk if that's... If that's what they want to do, I mean, there are lots of risks in doing so. You know, we are all adults and we can make decisions to do that for ourselves, to put ourselves in dangerous situations if that's the lifestyle that we want. It's just not very conducive to having a forward-moving life uh, as an adult. Again, you know, it's personal choices. As long as you're not putting anybody else in danger, uh, as long as you're being safe, do what you want, but just realize that you're risking a lot of things about getting through this world as an adult when you do this.
0: Yeah, I think you want to take a look at, you know, is my behavior appropriate for for what I'm doing in life? And, and part of that as well, you were talking about your limits in social situations and talking about going out after work to get a couple of drinks, to me, you know, it's like, okay, I look at the drunkest person in the group and like, I want to be half that drunk. (laughs) So (laughs) I mean, that's right. You don't want to be you don't want to be the drunkest person in the group. (laughs) And and really, honestly, the last time I was in a work situation, I was in fact, the least inebriated person there. Because I was just like, you know, I personally, and you know, sometimes your personal limits, are different each night or what you feel like doing or how you feel about the situation. So you you might change things and, and move your limits around a little bit depending on the situation. But you know, for that particular situation, I was like, well, I'm with people I don't know particularly well. I don't think I'm ready to you know get to the point where I'm a little less inhibited and I want to make sure that I don't do anything totally stupid. So I was the least drunk person there. And it turned out to be a good thing because somebody needed help finding their purse and getting to their room and nobody else was going to be able to help them. So I think that paying attention to that and paying attention to the situation and saying, okay, you know, what is going to be my role tonight? And then also saying, do I want to get to the point where I'm going to regret something tomorrow or can I avoid that? So (laughs) it's a hard line to try and figure out, but I think going slow and then gauging off of the people around you and just trying to make sure that you're not the totally drunk one is the way to go.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great approach to situational awareness, and that is certainly an adult skill that you know we should all develop, and it takes a while to develop it, and we're all still working on stuff like that, but it's so key to finding various types of success as an adult, and it's really social success that we're talking about because that plays such a huge role in everything else in life. You don't want to be the one at the party that everybody tells the story about. Sometimes you do. Sometimes that's just your personality. But there are other more constructive ways to go about that if that's the case. And we're not, we don't want to tell anybody to be someone other than who they are. That's not what we're saying. It's just a matter of doing the smart thing, doing the right thing, and not putting yourself or anybody else in danger. And that really is the bottom line to everything. Because drinking. To excess puts yourself and other people in danger and it is and it's just not where you wanna do. You wanna know where your limits are, figure it out, spend some time, understand what is okay in the social space that you're in, and whether that is, you know, even beyond your personal limits for being okay, and stick to it as much as possible. It's it's great to be someone who's there for others who are perhaps going a little beyond what they should be doing according to the social situation that they're in. So what are some of the the specific things that we can advise people to do to manage situations like these?
0: I think a lot of it just goes back to knowing yourself and understanding yourself and what you're comfortable with and then being comfortable enough with yourself that you can then be assertive when you need to be. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's really good.
0: And, you know, and and there are people out there who just don't drink. And I know a lot of people who don't drink, and they either do it for religious reasons or because they just don't want to drink or dietary reasons. There are lots of reasons people don't drink. And, you know, on the flip side, you need to be respectful of that. You know, you don't need to be questioning people on their choices, because at the same time, you don't want to be questioned on your own choices. Developing that confidence in yourself and understanding why you do the things that you do so that you are confident enough to be assertive, whether or not you're drinking, or whether you decide not to drink, I think that it's important to, to be able to stand in that space and be comfortable enough with yourself, and to be with people who are going to respect you. That is part of the equation as well, right? You, you don't want to be with people who don't respect you and are always trying to get you to push outside of your limits or outside of the boundaries you've set for yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and this can be really difficult, too, because we are often in social situations with people that we normally wouldn't choose as friends. These work social situations, for instance there's pressure to just kind of go along with whatever the corporate culture is or the culture in, in, within your work group or the culture uh, among people who you don't normally choose to hang out with. You have to navigate that and, and uh, have that social awareness and all of that's really good. Now, if you are going to drink, there are certain things that you should do to kind of, you know, just keep things balanced. And one of those things is drink lots of water, stay hydrated. That's going to help you in any situation. If you do drink too much, staying hydrated will reduce the effects both there at that moment and the next day. I mean, you know, the dreaded hangover. It can be certainly... Uh, if not avoided, at least helped a lot by, you know, maintaining your hydration throughout the day or evening or whatever it happens to be,
0: and I think part of it, too is you know, make sure you're eating food. make sure you're with people you can trust. and you know, don't ever do it. Know your limits. Learn your limits. And I think another good point of this is to be the good friend. Don't leave somebody behind. Make sure that you are being a good friend just as you would want somebody to be there for you.
1: Yeah. And look out for anything dangerous that might be happening and put a stop to it if necessary. I think it's really important if, you know, once you're aware of your limits, you can maintain an eye on things going on and make sure people are being safe with their own activities as well. And that is, you could you could save people's lives by doing that. And all it takes is some awareness of what's going on around you.
0: Yeah. And I think another great thing to do is if you know you're going to be drinking and and kind of maybe doing a pub crawl or or whatever it is, get the ride share, call a lift. I mean, uh, that's that's kind of what we started doing with some of my friends is it's like, well, we know we're going to be, uh, you know, I was with a friend recently in another town and the two of us. Even though I had my car and I could have brought my car I was like, you know, I know I'm not going to get to the point where I'm not aware of what's happening, but at the same time, I I don't want to, you know, even risk the driving situation. And if I'm going to be drinking, even if I only have one or two drinks or if I think I'm only going to have one or two drinks, I tend to leave the car home because I prefer to be safer rather than sorry. And so we did, we did, we did the lift thing, did our little pub crawl and then got the lift back to the hotel. I think that's one of the things to just be like, you know what, we're going to be out doing this. These ride-sharing services are fairly inexpensive. There are also programs. A lot of cities also have programs where you can get a discounted cab ride if you have been drinking or even a free ride if you've been drinking. And so look ahead. Look into those programs because I can only imagine that one of the worst feelings in life is you getting behind the wheel of the car, not being as in control as you think you are, and then hurting, seriously hurting or even killing someone. Um, And you have to live with that. Being responsible is also about making sure you have the proper arrangements to get back home.
1: Yeah, and one of the reasons this is key is, of course, like you said, having to live with the idea that you've ruined somebody's life or killed them through your irresponsible actions. You could feel fine after drinking and think that you're okay to get behind the steering wheel, but even if you are and no one gets hurt and you still get stopped. You're not in any accidents, but perhaps a police person comes by and stops you. It could be even unrelated. You know, There could be no sign of you having had anything to drink. But if they decide to do uh, you know, a quick test to see if you've been drinking, and even if you've shown no signs of being drunk, your blood alcohol level could be high enough so that you get into some serious trouble without having hurt anybody. God forbid you actually do hurt somebody, yourself or somebody else. But listen, you can get into trouble even when you don't feel that you are incapacitated in any way. You know, It's important, just as Miranda said, to take those precautions and make arrangements for your transportation if you're going to be somewhere.
0: Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about some do-nows. What can you do now to make sure that you are drinking like a true adult?
1: The first thing is to identify whether you actually have a problem, If it, and you might not be able to see this yourself, so you might want to ask those who are close to you to just give an honest evaluation of your drinking habits or just your behavior, and to see if there's something that you need some help with. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, that doesn't apply to you, but there might be there might be some issues that you feel deep down that you haven't addressed. It's important to bring them to the surface and recognize when you do need some help, and then go forward, use the resources, and find help that you need to get yourself to a healthier place.
0: Yeah, for sure. And another thing you can try is if you feel like you've been drinking a lot, or you want to kind of see how you can adjust your habits is make it a point to stop at a couple of drinks next time you go out. This doesn't mean that you have to like, become a teetotaler and never drink again, or never, you know, drink more than two drinks ever. But I think that it's a nice experiment to uh, once again, gauge your limits and kind of see where you're at.
1: Yeah and I think along with that it's you want to observe what goes around you and think about the situations that you're in with your work friends or with your other friends or your close friends. Look at these situations and see how people behave and whether, who is is there one person who tends to go beyond what you think is acceptable in these situations? Is that person you? It's good to just have some situational awareness and recognize what is going on around you so that you can avoid dangerous situations.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we do have a listener question. Yay. This question is, my friends always want to go get drunk on the weekend. It's an old scene for me. How do I have fun with my friends without having to get completely trashed?
1: Yeah, this is uh, definitely interesting. And I know a lot, this is like the, the biggest thing that, uh, that young professional adults go through because they're in that in-between stage where... know, a lot of their friends are still out partying like they're in college, while others are focused on other aspects of their lives. Maybe they're getting more deeply involved into a serious relationship. Maybe they're starting a family. And those partying nights just aren't as important to them. But you still love these friends. So you've got to make it clear what the issue is. You know, let them know that you still love them, but you are just not into these activities anymore. And maybe there's something else that we can do together. Perhaps just going out to eat at a nicer restaurant as a way to kind of enjoy people's company while still having a good time. Certainly, you don't need alcohol to have a good time. And it's just finding what some of those activities could be. You know, instead of going out to the dance club, how about going out to a festival of some sort? And there's more options there in terms of how you're going to spend the time and what you can do to uh, enjoy each other's company than just what you're used to doing with your friends who are getting drunk all the time.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and there are ways that you can have... I mean, I have friends who they'll do like a... On a Saturday, they'll do like a bike wine tasting tour or something where they just, you know, they don't get completely trashed. They just try a little bit of wine. You know, they ride their bike around town or they ride their bike to different wineries or or, you know, wherever and and kind of do these little activities. I love hiking, just like going for walks. And and like you, Harlan, I love just going to a restaurant and hanging out. And the beautiful thing is, is you can have some great conversations, you know, have a few glasses of wine, you don't have to get trashed, and you really can get to know somebody or really enjoy their company.
1: Yeah, the bottom line is there are many, many options out there for people who want to replace the college-type life of going out and getting drunk every weekend with something more constructive with the same people. And sometimes it's always going to be the case. Not sometimes. It's always the case that someone is ready to kind of move on from that lifestyle before someone else. It's just about being honest and coming up with activities that everybody's going to enjoy and If it's over and over and your friends insist on having one lifestyle and they don't accept that you are, you know, you're moving into a different type of lifestyle, that's something you really need to evaluate on, you know, whether these are the people that you need to continue spending time with. Your time, you want to do certain things with your time that make you feel good about yourself and good about life, and you need to find people who are willing to accept that lifestyle, even if it is a change from what happened in the past. Maybe some of your friends will join you, maybe some of them won't. This is just how we get through things, you know, this is this is a this is a normal part of living life as an adult. You change some behaviors, some people will change with you, some people will move along, some people will stay behind, and it's just the nature of being an adult. And you kind of come across this and I know people who have found new friends who are just as close as their old friends, and some of those old friends, you know, have continued for years and years beyond behavior that you think is is appropriate for their age. It's all a matter of preference. There's nothing to say that some behavior is right and some behavior is wrong. It's all just what you're willing to do with your time and who you're willing to do it with and who's willing to accept you for those choices that you've made.
0: You know, sometimes you do have to like look for other people to do things with in the end and kind of shift your social circle if the social circle you have is not meeting your needs or your values and it's hard and it's not fun. But if you can't get them to come along with you and you know, sometimes you just move, you just need to move on and that's the way it is.
1: Yeah. And moving on is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And you shouldn't feel like, well, I'll never find people to hang out with again or I'll never find good friends. There are so many ways to find friends as adults, uh, which we've talked about on the podcast and on articles on our site. There are many, many things that you can do. We're not saying that you have to. You have to lose your friends or anything just because you you, you want a different lifestyle than they seem to. Sometimes they'll catch up. Sometimes they won't. But either way, everything's going to be okay, this is normal, and you will feel comfortable again, whether it's with those friends who are constantly partying or whether it's with other people, you are going to be fine.
0: And if you want some more resources and some more information on becoming an adult and on interacting with your friends, head on over to adulting.tv and read some of our articles and listen to some of our past podcast episodes. You can also get some of your questions answered in the adulting community on Facebook. So make sure you check us out there.
1: And for resources on this episode, you can go to adulting.tv slash A70 uh, that's this episode number, so you can go right there and get some details on what we've talked about today. You can also subscribe to our podcast, which we would love, um, on iTunes by going to adulting.tv slash iTunes. Leave us a review if you like what you've heard, or even if you don't, we still like reviews. So send them in. We'd love to hear from
0: you. And remember that you can always ask us a question either in the Facebook community or by going to adulting.tv slash ask. Until next time, remember to try and act like a grown-up.
1: Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.